welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. With me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're in this series called Summer Breeze. Wore my Jesus shirt today, just really feeling that. Summer Breeze is about the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to change it in a few weeks. We're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit. But Summer Breeze doesn't work well in September, so we've got to come up with Fall Breeze or Winter Storm or I don't know what, but we're going to do something. We're going to shift it a little bit. In fact, the Lord gave me this week. It's, I, I'm still kind of figuring out whether I, how I'm going to figure this out. But I got this phrase this week that, that Christians need to be in ghost mode ghost mode. I thought, that sounds scary. It is scary. (laughs) Holy Spirit coming and moving in people's lives. So I've been talking all about the Holy Spirit. You know, there's over 70 different job descriptions. You think some of your job descriptions are full. 70 different job descriptions of the Holy Spirit. He brings love. He brings hope. He reveals Jesus. I'm going to go on and on. He's the dove. (laughs) He's the whirlwind. I mean, it's just amazing when you start looking through Scripture. The Holy Spirit is always moving right back to the beginning of time when there was nothing. It was chaos. It was, it was darkness, and there was, it was formless and void. And the Bible says, I don't know why I love this, but I, this Scripture kind of gives me chills, and the Spirit was brooding over the waters. And I thought, whoa. So something about the Holy Spirit is very act, action-oriented. Holy Spirit is movement Holy Spirit is, is a passion giver. When he dropped down onto 120 Jews, generally Jews in the upper room, he touched them in such a powerful way that shaped their personalities, shaped their destinies, transformed their understanding of Jesus Christ. It was a, the word used there is dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. I mean, it was like a... Yeah, Holy Spirit is like that. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's why we tell everyone, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself talked about it. Jesus himself said, look, I know you're enjoying this whole thing, but there's something better coming. The Holy Spirit's going to come. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit explodes things outward. I've been telling you this for a couple years, but as the Catholics do and many Protestants, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the ancient times in the first century, they, de- they derived that from heaven to earth, power, power, powers in the shoulders. That's where the action comes. God sent his son to earth, Holy Spirit came and boom, blows Jesus up into the masses. Everywhere he goes, it's the nature of the Holy Spirit to blow things up. I mentioned it up in Middleburg, I probably shouldn't have said this, but I said it's like, you know, <laughs> He comes in, and the word, the word we, where we get our word energy comes from a Greek word that's used for power and energy in the Bible. And so there's an energizing power, which energeo, I believe it is, this energy that comes upon you. And then there's a dynamite, the dunamis power of God. It's like he, he gives you a mission and straps you with dynamite. Holy Spirit terrorist. He doesn't send you out to blow people up. And this is not a literal word. 
This is symbolic, so just for anyone watching online, don't be motivated by this in wrong ways. But what you do is you go out there, and because you're a bubble being blown by the wind of God, you ever have, you have grandkids or kids? Like take those little bubble machines. I love the big wands where you blow and it's like, whoa. And then this big balloon, this big bubble begins to float around. The Holy Spirit wants to blow on your life with dunamis power. And I love when you, you know, we release one of those helium balloons. I know it's not politically correct to do it, but we did it anyway. We released one just so the grandkids could see it way, way off in the distance. As it caught the various levels of wind taking it off, it was so much fun watching that. And what an amazing illustration of when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone's life. It is not stagnant. He typically does not touch you powerfully for you to sit down with a remote in your hand. He touches you and energizes you sometimes literally shaking you in powerful ways and motivates you realizing I'm going to be a different Steve Witt than I was prior to this Holy Spirit invasion. And so that brings me to this verse I want to read. We were also singing the song in the first service that kind of shaped my message today, but Reckless Love. I love that song. I love the song even though many people have complained about it. Even some very influential friends of mine said, ah, that song just... It, it, it infers that God is reckless. And I thought, well, from our perception, he is. I mean, he moves in people I don't like. That's kind of reckless. And he moves on me when I, I don't want to be moved upon. It's kind of reckless. And so when you start talking about the reckless love, it's about movement. What's it say? He, he breaks the door down. Fights till I'm found. I mean, can you imagine the Holy Spirit coming in? You imagine the Holy Spirit hitting a group. Let's say it's like 120 people in a room somewhere. It blows the doors off. That's probably what happened. I don't think he showed up and said, okay, guys, I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm gentle. This is going to feel a little bit warm in your head. So let me just touch you. Okay, there's one. Now everyone watch him. See, that's what it feels like. He's okay. He's okay. Peter, come on over here. Okay, a little for you. I'll get everyone here. Just stand around. Holy Spirit's here, and I've got little pieces of Hershey's afterwards I'm going to give to you also. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. No, they're there after 10 days. Like, oh, my Lord, did we get the city wrong? He said, Terry in Jerusalem. Okay, we got it right. The upper room, we've been here before. You sure we're at the right address? Yes. What's going on, Peter? You said that the Holy Spirit was going to come, the promise of the Lord would touch us in dunamis power. I know, I know, we just need to keep consistent. Let's vote someone else in to replace Judas while we're waiting. That's what happened in Acts chapter 1. And all of a sudden, something happened where they started kind of getting into one accord. And, and that's like a magnet when a church quits biting one another and devouring one another. That's why I wear a mask. That's why I don't wear a mask. You, you don't have any faith. Well, I've got too much faith. I'm gonna, what's the, you're voting for who? That's, that's ridiculous. Why are you, I mean, all this stuff pulling us back and forth. It's, it's a, not a pandemic. It's a scamdemic. I mean, what are you calling it a pandemic? Why are, you, are we so worried about this? Do you know anyone who had COVID? And then they go, yes, I do. I know several of them. Well, okay, but 
I mean, we're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the Lord, in the midst of all this chaos, is looking for a uniform church to rise up. And, and, and those who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Where is that church? <laughs> I'm not talking about us, of course. I'm talking about people watching on the internet right now. What do we, what do we spend time devouring one another? Gossiping and slandering and, and doing things that are listed in Scripture as the things that keep you from hearing the voice of God. Things called sin in our lives. A little bit of corruption here, a little bit holding back on my taxes, a little bit of this, messing around with somebody that is, I'm not married to, there's a relationship going on here. All these things, when you fold them in, you re, if you read Scripture... You find out that there's a side of God that has been missed in the American church for quite a while now. He's a holy God. He says things like, be holy as I am holy. Oh, wait, he's kidding. I mean, he knows I can't be holy like him. It was kind of just a, you know, it was a, it was a hyperbole. He was made, trying to make a point, you know, that we need to kind of move toward that holiness. You know, not gossip as much and, you know, not hate as much and not be as big of a racist as I might be, you know. I mean, he's just like, he understands I'm human. I can really do whatever I want. I'm going to go to heaven anyway. I think the Lord's about to interrupt that. Where we've enjoyed the Savior, Father part of God. Oh, he's my Father. I like to call him Daddy. <laughs> Daddy God, Abba Lord. You know, you son, you realize he's Father and Lord. Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Who said that? That's not fair. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Who said that? Jesus did. Well, but that, that was before the cross. Somehow we think that once the cross came... Like God, God was born again. And he doesn't open the earth and suck 30,000 people in like he used to. He doesn't send floods to cover the earth and destroy everyone except those that are in a little boat. Actually, a big boat. You can see it, Kentucky. <laughs> it finally landed just outside Cincinnati. <laughs> so what was that all about? It's... it's it's the sight of God. It's the nature of holiness and purity. He is an awesome God. Sometimes in our worship, we can get a little bit too uh, bubblegum. I wasn't here, so I'm not judging anyone. Bubblegum, whatever, uh, you know, cotton candy feel. When sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to come, I prophesy this, and we're going to be laying on our face, all of us. And the testimony afterwards were, I could not stand any longer because I beheld the glory of the Lord. Wait, wait, no, he's a, he's a good God. He's a good God. But wow, he is powerful. He's overwhelming. And so it takes me to this verse. That was all built up here because typically we are passionate about things we love. If you love something, you talk about it, you arrange your life around it, I know where every honey hut is in this city. 
Oh, hey, here's a honey hut right there. Yeah, why did you take this route? I'm not sure why this isn't really toward our home, you know. And it's, well, you know, we're here, honey hut. <laughs> and so we have these, these little battles even in staff. What's better, is it Mitchell's, yeah. honey hut, or Jenny's? Jenny's, I haven't heard of it. Go over to Chagrin Falls and get some Jenny's ice cream. It's amazing. You go up, there'll be a line out the door. You could tell a really good restaurant by where there's a line out. I got pizza the other day at a one-stop shop pizza place here in Brunswick called Ohio Pie. Now, I've been evangelist for Ohio Pie for quite a while. Everywhere I go, there's an amazing pizza place in Brunswick. I know it sounds crazy because we have like 30 pizza places in Brunswick. <laughs> But this one is amazing. It's called Ohio Pie, and it's run by a former punk rocker. It's got to be pretty good. <laughs> and so it's Ohio-style style pie. We went there two days ago yesterday. I forget when it was. I go there. It's lined up out the door. And a part of this is because of COVID, but they don't have a very li big little space there. It's out the door, and it's all the way down to the donut shop, which kind of worked. People looking at it like, hey, I'm going to need some dessert, too, so they get the donut. This is a healthy meal, you know, pizza and donut. And you're watching and looking at all these people. No one's complaining at all because they're more like, I'm in line. Yeah. I have a spot. And you ever those people that go up to kind of read a sign or something and everyone's like, hey, 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 hey. No, 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 away from the line. It's back here. <laughs> those are all the Christians saying, it's back here. <laughs> well, what happens though, when you find something you really love, you talk about it. You get energized by it. I mean, if anyone breathes the word Italy, Cindy and I light up like light bulbs, like, oh yeah, Italy. If I didn't have grandchildren, I'd be living there right now. Well, I didn't even get a laugh. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we come back from Italy. It's all we talk. Want to see my 1,000 pictures of Italy? You're like, no, I really don't. I didn't want to hear about it. In fact, I'm never going there just because you talk about it too much. But what we became evangelists for, we got over there, we were transformed, we were touched. It was like, see, I'm doing it now. It was amazing, the food and everything else, the people, you know, the, the, the Med Sea and the mountains, and it's, it's just the rhythm of it is like, it's where heaven kisses earth, you know. It's just an amazing place, you come back. So we've gone back, we save our pennies, you know, we got to do that. I mean, everything is about Italy, Italy. Don't get that big Starbucks, we're going to Italy. I mean, it's trimmed down our budget way down because we've become Italy evangelists. Why? We're passionate about it. We love it. When you love it, you talk about it. Then we talk about Jesus Christ. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this. There's a couple things I want to pull out of this passage here real quick that I think speak to where we are right now. The previous uh, passage here was about the judgment of God. Most of us skip over those passages. They're not in our daily readings, you know, or, or we, go, we look at it and go, yeah, what's September 10th like? <laughs> September 11th, September 12th? Okay, September 13th. I'll go ahead of time and I'll look at that because we want the right scripture that's going to fit what I need right now rather than God maybe bringing the scripture we need to hear. So it says 2 Corinthians 5, it says, after talking about judgment, Paul says this. He says, knowing Therefore, is everybody looking at this? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11 through 21. Those at home, watch this, look at it on your phone, or get your Bible out. It says this, verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. 
This is hard in our circles because we're very keen on the love of God as we should be. We're very keen on God is good as we should be. But there's many aspects to who God is. And I have been with people who have seen things in the heavenly realm and they are terrified. John, the youngest disciple, the one who lived the longest, the one who was not martyred, the one that, that the disciples said the disciple Jesus loves. You know, every group has that, right? The favored one. John, the young one. The one that leaned his head upon Jesus' chest. Knew the heartbeat of God. That John. That John, when he saw Jesus in his resurrected state in Revelation chapter 1 and 2, when he saw Jesus, he didn't go, hey, dude, high five, woohoo, fist bumps, elbows, got COVID, remember that elbow, where's your mask? I mean, he didn't do any of that. When he saw Jesus, the Bible says he fell as a dead man. This is a disciple Jesus loves. And Jesus didn't go, hey, sorry, John, turned the power on a little bit too much there. Come on, you can get up, it's a, it's a problem. No, he didn't do that. That's what happens when people encounter Jesus. But again, in, in American charismatic circles, sometimes we get lost in a certain aspect of the Lord, but when he shows up in a different way, we have to shift our theology to either judge it or submit to it. We judge it by saying, well, these people have deep needs in their life, and that's why they were struck and they fall on the floor. Well, sometimes it's because they saw Jesus. And they fell on the floor. I heard his voice in February, first time in my life. I heard his voice literally. He said one thing. He said, Steve. Steve. It was in the midst of a prophetic word given to me in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the woman giving it was an amazing prophetic woman, and she was going through this 15-minute prophecy over my life. She got to one point, she paused. She said, the Lord would say, Steve. And when she said Steve, her, there was a different voice that came. I know this sounds a little bit weird, but there's a different voice that came. I knew it was the voice of God, and I was struck with overwhelming, consuming presence of God. I wept, started weeping. She probably thought, well, you know, the word must have meant something. No, no, I, I told her later, I said, I heard the voice of God. She goes, when? I said, through you. When you said this, she goes, well, I was prophesying. I said, no, 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 no. Yes, I know that, that prophetic thing. But when you said Steve, I heard the voice of God from heaven. I would hear the voice of God, the fact that he knew my name. He spoke it in the midst of a prophetic word. I just see in heaven the Lord Jesus saying, Holy Spirit, let's mess with him right now. I know he's enjoying this word, but just go down and come into that woman right there and speak the voice of God to him. Call his name. That's why when the scripture says, you know, who's gonna go, who's gonna go? Here I am, Lord, Isaiah. It's like when you encounter, it's like, okay, change my personality, do whatever you need to do. I do not want to be someone who sits and waits for Jesus to rescue me out of every situation. I wanna become a Holy Spirit activist. I want to touch everyone I go to. I want to be like those bubbles when they're blown out. They get, they get carried up. They get taken to other locations. And the excitement of the life in the Spirit is literally going along in the bubble of the Holy Spirit, saying, Lord, what do you want to do in my normal days of operation? Who do you want to touch? And so out of the judgment of the God, uh, Paul says this. He says, look, 
Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. So you've got to get that down first. <laughs> Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. When you see the, the essence of hell, you become a persuader for those who are walking into it. When you get the essence of heaven into your life, you become a persuader for those you want to see go into it. We are plundering hell and we're populating heaven. We are plundering hell and we're populating heaven. We are called as people right back to Abraham. When Abraham cut a covenant with God, cut a covenant with God, and the Lord said to him, at 100 years old, his wife was 99. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know that I want a word like that when I'm 100. But you're gonna birth a nation. You're gonna be a father to nation. That is the stars of the sky, so will be the sons and daughters of Abraham. What was in Abraham and his loins was the Jewish race. He birthed the Jewish race and those Jews began to be a, a, a ground, a practice ground, a prototype of what happens when people learn to be guided by God through the fire, through the flood, through the, the manna, through all the various, they're destroying the enemies in the Red Sea, like they're all picture of what God wants to do with men, how he wants to recover the relationship that was lost in the Garden of Eden. It goes all the way back to that. And so it's all a Jewish religion, basically, and there's everyone else around the world believing things up until the time that Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, he comes like a Jew they've never seen before. He comes as a Jew that fulfills the law and sees amazing grace. He comes, as I've mentioned here before, when they had, they had written out, they had not quite developed it yet, but they had, uh, I should say, uh, orally, they had 613 different laws that a Jew must follow to please God. How'd you like that weight on your back? Which, what law was that? That was 232. Shoot. Why do I keep doing that? I mean, your whole life, you spend your whole life bent over and weighted down. And so Jesus comes and he says, my yoke is easy. He's talking about teaching. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Would that not catch your attention? What? What? Jesus, I've heard about you. You took 613 laws and made two out of them. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. I like that. 613, 2. 613, 2. I'm going with 2. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Oh, Jesus. I feel him now. Chills of Jesus when he comes into your life. It's like, look, the weight that you are carrying, you can cast it upon the Lord, for I care for you. That's the God that we serve. He's a holy God. He's a powerful God. He can destroy your enemies. He can use your enemies. He can shape you regardless of what situation you're in. He's the other man in the fire. He's the one reaching down to pull you out of the sea. He's the one, Jesus, Son of God, revealed by his Holy Spirit. So you get 120 Jews in an upper room. What happens? Power of the Holy Spirit shows up. And so it goes, Father, Son, heaven to earth, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit power into our 120. And it wasn't, oh, feel a little warmth there, feel a little warmth there. They were running around trying to put their hair off out of fire. Woo! It was 120 people running around like, whoa, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> what is it? What is it? 
crazy. Everywhere we go. So what happened was there was an empowerment, as it says in Acts chapter 1, which we'll get to right after this verse. Acts chapter 1, that they would be witnesses. They would be witnesses. The Holy Spirit would come upon them. The Holy Spirit comes upon you for one main reason, for a lot of reasons. He's got 70 different parts of his job description. But the biggest reason is to propel you, to compel you, to get you moving, to get you up, to open your voice, to speak, to see, to hear, and to understand. Do something for Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5, verse 5 says this. So therefore, the terror of the Lord, because of the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Look at verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us. That's why I talk about Mitchells. That's why I talk about Honey Hunt. I, I love it. I love it at a certain temporal level. But Christians should be, that same thing you feel about the things you love and the people you love, when Jesus comes into you, he's already in you, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Well, that worked really good. <laughs> he reveals Jesus in your heart. You're like, whoa, he's way different than what I thought. I love that book by the guy, I can't remember his name, but he wrote Wild at Heart, what's his name? John Eldridge. He wrote a book called The Outlaw, and it's an amazing book. It just, it challenges the outer edges of who you think Jesus is, and you put that thing down saying, whoa, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus, shape me, mold me. He says, are you sure? He says, I put someone full-time on you to take care of that, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're going to go into ghost mode. Woo. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to walk around carrying fire. You're going to be like Jeremiah and say, shut up. In my bones, I can't hold it back any longer. I'm carrying dynamite, and I think it's about to blow up. Starbucks. Home Depot. Your mother-in-law. Not my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. What's it say? Yeah, she's watching. That's why I said that. Verse 17. <laughs> Verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ here today? Raise your hand. All right. Just for the record, that's almost everybody. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Some, some, people, some people argue about this and they go, hey, that creation means a species never before created. <laughs> I kind of like that. I'm of the Steve Witch species. <laughs> Are there any others? Nope. <laughs> it's me. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Why are we so stuck with old things? Shake it off. Get rid of it. Don't let one other person that abused you, hurt you, hated you, govern the rest of your life. Shake it off in Jesus' name. Take on Jesus Christ. And so you take it on. It says, now all things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So now you're like, what a time to have a ministry of reconciliation. Does not America need this? Quit being concerned about the election and who you're going to vote for. It, I, let me tell you something. Elections in America are not about the people that are running. 
They're about what's represented in that person that's run, being run. I mean, they, they may be evil people. We don't know. But it's what they've produced and what they've done that you've got to vote for. So you've got to ask yourself key questions according to the word of God. Do I long for peace? Do I long for order? Do I long for a future for minorities? Do I long for equality of expression? I've got two choices here. One is a, a fleshly approach. One will be a spiritual approach. God, give me wisdom. Let me look at this and let me vote according to it. But whatever you do, vote. 80% of history, there was no vote. 80% of world history. There was no vote. There was no choice. People didn't matter. You're just kind of a mechanism keeping the thing going. But in America, it's we the people. And so somewhere you've got to say, man, I've got, I've got an opportunity right here for a spiritual impact on this nation by the vote I give. And you look at two different cities. This is a divide in the road, this election right now. Going to two different cities. Which city do I want my children to live in? Forget the men that are running. Forget the, women, the woman that's running as vice president. Forget that right now. They represent a future for America. Which future do you want? And so in your heart, you know, you've been touched by the Holy Spirit. It's time for action and movement. And it says you bring a ministry of reconciliation, pulling people together. Don't argue all the moments. Just say, just stop and say this. Let me give you a pointer. Stop and say this is what I long for. I long for this. Who should I vote for? And no, you'll, you'll know if you're spirit-led, you're going to understand this. You're going to be able to make the choice and say, I understand which way I need to go. I understand the city that I want my kids or my grandkids to dwell in in the future. And part of that is a ministry of reconciliation. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a, uh, uh, let me just say this. When I was growing up, <laughs> Uh, the tension wasn't like it is now for the dynamics of politics. In fact, many of the, the politicians in the 60s held, held the understanding of contemporary Republicans. <laughs> and Republicans held some of the understanding of what would be now Democrats. Politics shift over time. The people determine that. And, the, and now uh, polls determine that. Polls determine what is said and everything about it. So when you drop yourself in there, I, you know, I love debating with people about stuff just like everyone else. I don't do it very much because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to really, you know, kind of be the center of the road. It's not the elephant, it's not the donkey, it's the lamb of God. So we're, we're going for the lamb, you know. And so we're trying to bring reconciliation and understanding, but we want to bring, this is, this is the realm that's important, but the realm of what the Spirit of God is doing through all this is even more important. So we're a people of the Spirit of God. Quit acting like a mere, a mere, this is in the Bible, by the way, a mere man, a mere person. We have the mind of Christ. We rise above this and say, what is best for my children's future? And I'm going to vote and move in that direction. Sorry, I lost my point here. I'm almost done. Computer went off. All right, verse 17. We're new creations. All things pass away. All things become new. All things are of God. But we, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ recognizing the world to, reconciling the world to himself. So do you see that? Jesus was God evangelist. He was God in the flesh. He came to reconcile the world to the Father. 
and not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So we've been given the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation through Jesus Christ. That means in a room of great debate, God will give you things that will cut through the middle and speak the direction of the Lord and bring peace into people's hearts. Finally, verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors. I love that passage. What's that mean? Representatives of a foreign government authorized to speak on their behalf. <laughs> we are ambassadors of Christ. As though, I love this, I'm going to close with this. As though God was pleading through us. The pleading is for peace. The pleading is for equal understanding in people's lives. The pleading is to lift the poor. The pleading is to seek God and go after him. The pleading is to make sure that our little babies are not being taken before they're ever born. It's a pleading in our heart as God, not, not at Steve's opinion, we're pleading and saying, please see the voice of God, the heart of God in this situation. So he's pleading through us. He says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be, rec be reconciled to God. Let's all stand together if we could. When the Holy Spirit came in power, I mean, the Holy Spirit was present all through the Old Testament. But what Jesus prophesied is the Holy Spirit would come. And this is my cry for you. Who's, who's going to close here? Come on up. As soon as I start closing, we can come right up here. Acts 1, <laughs> verse 8, 9. But you, this is Jesus speaking. This is his last words, actually. But you shall receive, so this has got to be pretty important for Jesus. You shall receive dynamite, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Wow, that's amazing. What's going to happen? You shall be witnesses. That's the power of the Holy Spirit to speak. You shall be witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, we're going to do a lot of other things. We're going to eat Mitchell's ice cream. But you <laughs> shall be witnesses. There's a power coming upon you. You are compelled to persuade people. You feel the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation coming up in your heart. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's that burning bone thing. I can't hold it back any longer. So you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in other words, where you are, but also in the Judea. So in context, that's Brunswick, Medina County, and Samaria. That's the next county. Cuyahoga County. And to the ends of the earth. And when he spoke these things, last thing he said, when he spoke these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of sight. Jesus' last words were like, look, if you want to remember anything, remember this. When I send my Holy Spirit, you are not going to be, you're going to be highly mobile. You're going to feel like a bubble. <laughs> and the wind is going to come. And you're going to be blown over to places that you wouldn't normally go to. And you're going to talk to people that you may not even like. And the Lord's going to deal with all that in your heart. And you're going to say, are you a Jesus follower? And pew, dynamite. 
It's going to begin to take down walls in people's hearts. What I hear a lot on the streets when I talk to people is they say things like, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't like the church. That's okay. Let's put that aside for a minute. Let's talk about Jesus. We can get to the church later. <laughs> I don't like the church sometimes either. Let's talk about Jesus. Okay, let's talk about him. God is love. He cares for you. He came to rescue you. He's the one with reckless love. He'll break the door down. He'll fight till you're found. <laughs> he's, the, he's the reckless love one. Wow. I'm going to pray. Jay's going to pray here in just a minute. We're going to pray. Jay, what we need to pray for is boldness. We're going to ask for an impartation. I was going to do an, an activation today. I'll do it next week. But we're going to pray for a spirit of boldness to come upon. It happened to me two and a half years ago. I'd never had this my whole life. I was a good pastor, loved people, but to just talk to people about Jesus, I, I just didn't do it. I mean, if, if the Lord held a gun to my head, I, I would speak about it. But two and a half years ago, whoo, he visited me in a dream. It was so easy. After that, I could not hold it back. That lady with cancer that was in front of me in Panera, probably 75, 80 years old. And the Lord said, go pray for her. I'm like, oh, no, Jesus, no. I'm studying. I'm trying to do your work. I need to preach Sunday. I said, go minister to that woman. Finally, I felt myself getting up and going over to this woman. And I said to her, are you a believer, a follower of Jesus? She said, yes, I am. I said, what's wrong? She says, I'm battling cancer. I said, I did too, and I came out on the other side. Let me pray for you. When I reached my arm out to this 80-year-old woman, she grabbed my arm like she was sinking in the ocean. Both hands on my arm, she clinged it right, right there. And she was pulling out. The whole time I was praying, she's going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I felt the power of God. It was almost like I was outside of myself watching, saying, wow, what an amazing thing. The Lord would minister to that woman. I walked out of there. I composed myself. I was doing really well. I walked out and I sat in a car and I fell apart. I just started weeping. It was two and a half years ago. I wept for 15 minutes. Jesus, this is what I said. Jesus, if I only do this the rest of my life, I'm totally happy with that. If that's all I do, because I went somewhere I hadn't been before and I tasted it and I said, I got to get to Italy. I got to get to Mitchell's. I got to get to Honeyhut. I got to get to Ohio Pie. I got to get to this place that I am propelled to go to because Christ is reconciled in my heart.